Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of KXCNC's podcast, Global Thinking, where we're joined by experts from around the world to discuss the latest and most exciting trends in strategic communications. Hello, and welcome to another episode of KXCNC's podcast, Global Thinking. I'm your host, Eleanor Cavill. It's now May 2022, and all COVID restrictions in the UK have been lifted. The London Underground is packed, people are booking summer holidays, and the office is once again a hub for interaction. But if we cast our minds back, there are some important lessons to learn about the employee experience. Today, I'd like to welcome Tom Goddard. As Director of Communications at KPMG, Tom is at the core of the comms operation of one of the world's biggest employers. We're going to be talking about how the last two years has changed what it means to be a KPMG employee, as well as some of the lessons that he's had to learn as a communications professional. Thanks again for joining us, Tom. Could you start by telling us a bit about what it's like to work at KPMG today? Well, first off, thanks so much for having me. Um, I head up our communications function at KPMG, so I'm responsible for media relations and internal communications to our 15,000 strong workforce. And for us as an organization, we've done a lot of work over the last few years to really build and develop our culture. And this is a topic um, which I think is hugely important to every organization right now. Um, And I think we are all learning as we go on. So I'm really delighted to be here to talk to you today. We are very much in the midst of return return to office post Omicron, um, as you said in your intro. And, and actually what we've found, like many employers this time, is actually the speed of return has been much, much faster. Um, we are seeing people wanting to come in. We are seeing um, people working very effectively in. Um, but also we are continuing to support colleagues who want to work from home. And we're really, really pushing this hybrid way of working, um, which many employers are, uh, where we where we think we can get the best of both worlds uh, as an as an organisation, but also for our people that they they can experience time collaborating in the office, um, but also they can have that time at home um, where we know that they can prove to be very very productive. Yeah, and it might seem like a blindingly obvious question, but I'm assuming that was very different, a very different answer um, to the one you might have given if I'd asked you in 2019, where, you know, this concept of hybrid working wasn't really anywhere close to the norm um, for companies like, like KPMG. It's interesting. So I think the for professional services firms, we, we always did have some element of hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a lot of our people spent a lot of their time out at client sites, um, supporting the clients, in fact, many, many months. So, you know, I remember pre-2019 having conversations about, well, how do we engage colleagues who are never coming to the office? They only come to the office, you know, once every few months. Um, so, think, you know, so I guess for for an organization like ours, we have had some element of it for quite some time, but I do think it's it's moved to quite a different a different level now. Yeah. And I think something that we would all agree on is that um, the last two years have, have brought people and brought teams closer together in ways that we probably wouldn't have ever imagined. Um, I'm just thinking about the impact of that on on the employee experience and do you think it's fair that workplaces are themselves like physical presences in the office are now more sanitized and perhaps less fun versions of what they used to be or do you think it's been possible to keep that really positive fun employee experience 
going for for your people over the last yeah 18 months so i think i think the officers in some respects are quite familiar from what people mm-hmm. left behind and i do think it, it is about the people and the communities around you that do drive a lot of that experience a lot of that sense of belonging you have to an organization so you know our our offices you know a little bit sort of less fun I, I don't know actually i think i don't think we need a slide or all sorts of gimmicks to to make make the offices fun i think actually people are having a lot of fun by being back together collaborating making those connections having those spontaneous interactions having those more formal interactions i think a lot of a lot of the employee experience is being driven by that um but i think our people also during during lockdown home working work very hard to help maintain that sort of sense of culture and belonging um we'd always been an organization that did a lot to support colleagues support well-being um support each other and actually i think our teams throughout the pandemic work very hard to maintain that sense amongst their teams. So yes, they weren't physically together, but actually virtually they were doing a lot to maintain that element of fun, collaboration, and and that sense of caring for one another. I think as well over the last two years, something that we've really seen is um, a bit more of a, I don't know if intimate is the right word, but an intimate relationship developing between employees and employer. So um, employees are kind of inviting their employer into their um, personal spaces more than ever, whether that be into their bedrooms through teams or, you know, meeting their kids and pets um, over FaceTime and Zoom, etc. How do you think that has kind of impacted the employee experience and changed expectations um, for the employee-employer relationship? I think the intimacy has been a really good thing. Um, I am still seeing puppies on calls. Um, <laughs> it has not stopped and I still welcome it. And I think I think initially people were felt a little bit uncomfortable about it, very quickly adapted. I, I had one call where I was um, doing quite a sensitive issue and, you know, my daughter appeared half naked doing getting her dressing up on, on the bed behind me. And that was okay. And it still is okay. And I think... I think there is something that really breaks down that divide um, when you're able to get that insight into people's lives. And I think it was particularly effective when we saw our leaders operating in that way. You know, their cat might appear um, or their kids might appear or, or, or suddenly the Amazon parcels arrive and they need to go and stop a town hall because they need to go and answer it. Do you know what? That is that has been very positive for breaking down breaking down those boundaries. And I think helping people feel a bit more connected to each other and uh, having a little bit more sense of what makes people tick and what's going on in their own lives, I think helps people feel more connected. And I think that ultimately results in a stronger sort of sense of community and culture in the in the team. And thinking a bit about um, our role as communicators, how how has the way you interact with employees evolved as a result of the pandemic? So I think the role of employee communications has been bigger and stronger than ever. And I think for anyone working in communications, this has been a really positive development. Um, I think I think organisations have recognised how important it is to communicate and engage with our people and, and throughout throughout this this sort of period. Um, I think it has it has meant that we have had to think harder about how we communicate with our colleagues. We've had to come up with new and different ways of communicating. Um, 
and we've had to put a much greater emphasis on communications that allow people to collaborate, come together as a community, get a sense of, of what's going on in the organisation, but also have a chance to speak up, have their say about how they're feeling. So, you know, I think I think employee comms has been in greater demand than ever. Um, but I think employee comms has, has risen to the challenge in creating new and different ways of communicating with our audiences. Are there any examples of those collaborative um, comms that you, you just mentioned that, you know, you found to be really successful in bringing people together and trialing new ways, I guess, of communicating to better reflect um, needs from the last couple of years? Mm. Probably, probably a couple of examples. So the old, the old fashioned town hall has gone very virtual, and yeah. actually that has given us enormous opportunities to be very creative. So we've done a number of uh, events which we've called Connect, which have been virtual events for our whole employee base coming together for a few hours um, to talk about the firm, talk about where we're going, be inspired about the impact we're having on our communities, hear from great speakers, um, and really have a chance to feel connected back to the organization and the people that, that make this organization. We also did a lot early on in the pandemic to try and recreate that sense of that office community at home. So we um, launched a podcast, uh, which we called the WFH podcast. And that was around bringing, um, bringing stories and, and fun and insights from people from across the organization and externally um, in a podcast that our employees could listen to for 15, 20 minutes a week and get a sense and, of what's going on in the firm and, 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 and just feel a little bit connected back to the community we have in our organization. Yeah, that was um, all very positive. Um, have there been any downsides, do you think, to the way that communications has had to evolve or anything that actually you think employees have got into the habit of having from the comms teams over the last couple of years that actually going forwards aren't the best methods or styles of communicating that you know had become commonplace while we were working from home but as we start to come back into the office they might have to expect a little less of yeah it's it's, it's really really interesting so i think um i think we certainly saw in the early stages of the crisis that we were having to communicate far more than we ever had done before and give far more guidance than we ever had done before people wanted that direction they wanted that sense of what they should do and what they should not do which was really quite different for for, for us as in, in terms of way of communicating we, we were historically very much sort of empowering our people and, and and trusting them to do the right thing actually in a crisis we had to be very very directive about what we needed them to do people responded very very well to that I think as we've come out of that, I do think people did rather get used to being given that very, very clear direction. And um, I think that puts a lot of pressure on the comms team in terms of, look, you know, are we really going to give you direction about every single aspect of your life in the, in the organisation? No, that, that's not really right. So I think, I think people got quite used to us. And I think that has been quite interesting, um, adapting, adapting to that. Um, I think we also... You know, one of the things I really noticed um, in the early stages and, and throughout sort of virtual working was sort of getting this sense of what is the mood of the organisation. Yeah. You know, I couldn't go and ride the lifts for uh, half an hour or walk around the canteen and get a sense of what what's the chatter around the organisation. What are people yeah. happy about? What are people very grumpy about? Um, and so we had to do a lot of work around sentiment tracking, um, 
during during this way of working um and i think now actually as we get back to this this different way of working how do we, how do we do that what is the mood of our uh, virtual employees versus the mood of our employees who are in the office i think that's going to be an interesting thing to sort of watch over the coming months so far we've talked about employees as a fairly cohesive group and thought of them as a group that all want to experience the same things from their employer but have you noticed any changes in what KPMG employees want generation to generation? We're definitely seeing a generational shift um, in the organisation. Um, my view on this is, I think there always have been generational shifts and generational divides. I don't think this is particularly new, but I do think it's been accelerated by both technology and, and this way of working. Um, but when I actually look at the different generations... I think actually, in many respects, there are there's a lot of similarities. You know, the people that come to this organisation want to make a difference. They want to do productive, good work that makes an impact. They want to be fulfilled in the work they do. They want to be recognised for what they want to do. And they want it to be a place where they can build a successful career. Now, it may be that no longer is there that ambition to stay in one organization and, and mm. go to the heady heights of being a partner in the organization. But that's okay. You know, we want this organization to be a place where we can cater for all sorts of different desires um, in terms of people's careers and that, that anyone spending their time in their organization can feel that, as I say, they're doing meaningful work um, and, they're, and they're developing their career. Um, I wanted to end with um, quite perhaps a difficult question for you and ask you to look ahead to the next two years. Um, so do you think the, the trends that we've talked about in the ways that employees experience the workplace, will they kind of remain the norm? Or do you think we'll see a shift back to some of the old ways um, of working where there's a little less flexibility and that hybrid pattern um, kind of decreases in popularity? I don't think we will go back to where we were. I think we have come a long way and we have proven how successful we can be by working differently. I think there will be there will be a need for continued need for creating opportunities for people to come together and feel part of a community and feel feel connected and have that sense of belonging. And I think whether that is in the office or whether that is virtual or, or across the two, actually that sense of belonging and that sense of I'm part of something. I'm part of this culture. I'm part of part of this organisation. Will be will be absolutely key. So I think we're going to have to continue to work very hard to help people feel that, um, to help them feel supported, um, and to help them feel that, that these are organisations where they can thrive um, and have that that really really strong balance across work and and personal life. If you want to listen to more episodes of this podcast, Global Thinking, then please do visit our website www.kexcnc.com. Thank you very much for listening and see you soon.